0: good evening and welcome to a quarterfinal edition of the jmu sports blog podcast i'm todd i'm joined as always by my buddy rob what's up rob hey everybody yeah hopefully everybody is doing well um rob and i are refreshed here in our partnership we got a chance to uh re- really spend some time watching the dukes this weekend it was a lot of fun rob and i'm um, looking forward to talking with everyone about the game on saturday um Welcome into the podcast. Don't forget, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. I think that's primarily Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Um, five points, five stars for JMUSB. Uh, feel free to leave a review. Good, bad, different, what have you. Um, Rob, we are brought to you as always by Pale Fire tonight. Uh, big thanks to our friends down in Harrisonburg doing some great stuff around the holidays. Get into the tap room anytime. Mention the podcast. Uh, go see some music. Uh, get some great beer. Generally, just uh, if you mention the podcast, you get a free pint glass. So,
1: what's as, not to like? Yeah,
0: yeah, what's not to like? You might even have a chance to make it there after the post game on Friday this week. Who knows? Um, but certainly, a lot of people will be hopefully spending the night a, a night or two in Harrisonburg in the next couple of weeks. So get down there and enjoy it, um, Rob. Not a lot around the uh, JMU sort of general sports world for me this week. I did. I have a few notes on pro Dukes and the pros. There was a really cool tweet uh, from Earl Watford uh, mentioning that there was a point in the Tampa Bay win over Indianapolis this weekend where three JMU Dukes were on the Tampa Bay offensive line. Earl Watford, Aaron Stinney, and Josh Wells were at one point all playing at the same time.
1: That's really cool. Which is really cool. Yes. That's really neat. I mean, like, to see three players from JMU on the field this time yeah. is great, but anchoring an offensive line that actually had a good game, mm-hmm. like, That Mm -hmm. offense put up some points and that was a big win. Yeah. I mean,
0: Jameis dropped picks with or without the offensive line. Yeah. But, but but, yeah, pretty exciting team. And yeah.
1: Correlation causation. I'm still chalking that one up to three offensive line. Yeah.
0: Pretty great. And then um, Jimmy, we haven't talked about in a while, but he had at least one really strong play this week and has certainly uh, made a play coming up on a hit in the hitch on a, you know, sort of coming up in the support game. I actually making saw
1: Yeah. Like, I, I never watched Redskins.
0: Yeah. Guys. No, like, I You
1: watch no. Redskins? And pretty much anybody with taste will not watch <laughs> the NFC East. <laughs> right. Um, but we were happening to be flipping through it, and both my kids were like, that was Jimmy. That was Jimmy. And yeah. they, like, rewound it. And, yep. I don't know. It was, that was a really nice play. The type of play that – similar to the one he made in the Senior Bowl. Yeah. That yep. kind of got him noticed uh, on the national radar. So that was cool. Like, again – and I have talked about this a lot like he's never been a big hitter but he was a very sure tackler JMU and I thought that was a great example of him you know being able to do that at the NFL level
0: absolutely and he's gonna have he is getting has had the last couple weeks and will looks like will continue to have the last three weeks a lot of opportunity to be on the field Um, some injuries and just you know a season a lost season has given all the young players for that team uh, plenty of opportunity and it's great to see it and hopefully Jimmy can Can stick, you know, can use it to really put some good stuff on film. And then the last note was uh, my third one was it was fun after the JMU game, Rob. I I think we put this out, but uh, the DC defenders, the XFL team getting ready to kick off here in town, um, Vadley and Khalid Abdullah together put out a little video, you know, shouting out JMU's win over the weekend. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool.
1: And and the defenders (laughs) showing where their bread is buttered, like definitely tapping
0: into the regional nature. I think that's smart. It's you really know,
1: smart. You see a bunch of teams kind of seem to seem to be doing it at the XFL, mm-hmm. like tapping into fan bases, trying to occupy a niche rather than be some NFL competitor. But I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. I get a real kick out of when I see former players taking such an interest in this team. And I you know, mm-hmm. see former players just tweet something about like a current guy, uh, particularly if it's like at that position. I love yes. it when tweets about Nooch and things like that. Or, or yes. you know, Khalid Abdullah. Talking about the running backs. Um, yep. I don't know. I think it's neat, and it's something that, as the program evolves, I want mm-hmm. I like tomorrow kind of have that fraternity of players that can do. I think it helps everybody. I think it's great for them, kind of the lifelong mm-hmm. bonds. And obviously, we could read more into it and assume this is extending, you know, throughout the business world and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just think it's really cool to, to see it really it be is. a program, not just something they do for four years, then they get out.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's value in it for the program in the future, too. We'll we'll save our uh, recruiting and signing day stuff. We're we're playoff focused right now. We we would like the Dukes to win a title again right now. And we'll talk to Evangelista when the time comes uh, to go around the world. But I did see there was a big defensive back transfer from the FBS level today announced. And I I, I do think it's one of those things, right? If Dean Marlowe is tweeting down at jimmy and rashad robinson who are tweeting down at you know guys on the team now that that starts to you know that stuff gets out there you know yeah yeah i mean that, that that means something uh down the road for the program so it's good to see rob i don't have anything on hoops this week um saw the women's team hitting the practice court hard you have anything no i, I No. no yeah we don't really want to talk no. about it right um michael chris uh christmas having a good december so yes. that's good right okay and I, um, I
1: was next to a whole bunch of guys on the team at the game uh at half-time. Oh, yeah, yeah. they, right. they seem like nice gentlemen there you go <laughs> so i'm rooting well, for him i'm rooting
0: for him but... we're all rooting for them. go dukes <laughs> yeah right? yes. um but that brings us to what we're all here to talk about tonight uh like everybody else we are locked into this playoff run this is the mossy creek four downs uh brought to you by mossy creek uh fly fishing in harrisonburg virginia you can go by the fly shop anytime pick up all your gear for the winter time um anything you might need clothing wise for this friday's um wintry mix <laughs> and 35 degree friday night you know cold dark perfect night you can probably find that kind of gear at the shop uh, all kinds of cold weather good cold weather wet weather stuff there uh, so go see them at mossy creek mention the podcast and you get a free mossy creek sticker for your cooler or your yeti or your Vehicle, uh, actually, Rob. I'm pretty excited. Brian and Colby are going to be coming to the game on Friday, so we'll get a chance to uh, we'll get a chance to take them to a game, oh, which awesome. will be nice. Yeah. yeah, really fun. So, yeah, and and hey, we're bringing some more local people. So, I thought Rob, you said everything there is to say. Uh, Tim Miller, uh, Vice President of Student Affairs, had a good piece on this. I thought Bennett had a good piece on this. There isn't anything else to say, really. I mean, we, we'll see if we. Touch on this in other parts of the show, but we don't need to go too much into that. But, you know, if you don't like something, do something about it. Bring some other people, find some other people to bring to the game with you. So, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's, just, it's just whatever. I mean, we, yeah, we might as well talk about it a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like you, I want a packed stadium. Um, there are times when I'm incredibly disappointed when I see it. It's ironically enough, it's usually when I'm watching on TV and I look at the stands. <laughs> you know, I know. It's like when I'm in the stands, like people are complaining. I guess there was a lot of talk online about how bad the crowd was. I thought it was a great crowd being in the stands. Like it was really engaged. Everybody mm-hmm. was screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, maybe it was different on the upper decks, but we were, there was definitely space, but you don't feel like you're on an Island or you've got miles yourself. It, it's a, it's still fun. So I'm, and I'm just yeah. not worried about them
0: at the game. And um, Rob, you know, we were there in the parking lot. I mean, I want to deal with students and everybody else separately because we tailgated with a couple, we, we park next to now a great group, Troy and, Tia, Troy and Tanya yeah. and Troy's daughter is a current student and she comes by and usually she brings a whole bunch of friends, you know, down yeah. to their tailgate and they, they set up a big thing for her and everything. But she had told them this week, like, Hey, don't do it up. Like nobody's coming. People, my friends have, I mean, one of them had a three o'clock exam. Another one had a six o'clock exam on Saturday. Um, and you know, mention that you know, she was lucky was going to the game because she didn't have an exam, but certainly wasn't in their normal like this was not a normal JMU Saturday. <laughs> like
1: Yeah. You know, I, they're I usually
0: it's... a bunch of kids coming out and getting a you know, getting a couple of beverages from mom and dad and hanging out and this was not that, no matter I guess, what. You know, I don't so mind. I thought it was pretty I, good turnout for it was, students. I, I, it was,
1: I guess what, mm-hmm. what bothers me is I don't mind people discussing it or being like, "Oh," and you and I have done our certain. We've definitely mm-hmm. kind of stoked the flames of four games. It's done as a way to try to encourage people to go, you know, sincerely. Yes. Like we're having fun with it, but we understand you've missed games. I can hardly go to any games anymore. It's just with my kids. Like this was the first game I went to, so like, yeah. And we've had season tickets what for over a decade. This is a, yeah. I mean, I'm always good for at least two or three games. You know, in a down yeah. year, it just happens. Yeah. Like I don't mind having discussions about it, going hey what can we do to address this and there were some great discussions or some great suggestions about like well maybe we open up parking or you know if if we as season ticket owners don't yeah. claim our spots can people buy them or can we can we get extras for our friends really encourage people to come kind of show them a good time mm-hmm. maybe entice them that's how we got into it years ago my sister uh-huh. had season tickets started sure. bringing us um so that's fun and, and i don't mean to say people can't complain i don't like the way that some people not all so get off my back if you're not one of these people but some people it's so judgmental like how dare people say they're busy i'm not busy i can move my life around like that's what gets me like i can make it you don't need to tailgate all the time you can just go to the game well for some people quite frankly it's not worth the trip if they can't go you know for a full day experience and that doesn't mean people are there just to drink or just to tailgate but for them it's like they're either in or they're out and if they can have the have the time for a full day experience the way they like yep. it, they're gonna do it. Otherwise, they're gonna be like, you know what? I got stuff to do. And we can all mm-hmm. point to other schools, you know, North Dakota State, Paxman, they're in a different situation. But they didn't. They didn't. I mean, they, they didn't, didn't sell Sacramento. Yeah.
0: They had 15,000 this week. Like, like they had their lowest crowd in the whole run. Yeah. So it's like,
1: it happens. I mean, ideally, mm-hmm. we'd have a fan base where every single one of us could plan our lives out around Jamie football. Most people can't. Mm -hmm. and it's fine don't just that can like this weekend you and i are both able to that's fantastic go Mm -hmm. have a good time um i mean i wish i could be there every weekend i can't and Mm -hmm. at times i feel bad because i'm missing out i don't feel like i'm letting anybody down nor do i feel any of our friends who weren't there this week were letting people down stuff happens so like let's be positive let's talk about it it is quote unquote a problem or it's an opportunity to improve i'm not going to freak out but we don't need to be so judgmental. And I've seen this deriving of this, like, if you're a true fan, that stuff just turns people off. I mean, yeah. it's the same old stuff you see with, like, soccer fans or hockey fans or kind of niche sports. that, Like, when new people come on board, they feel judged. And, and I yep. think there's a little bit of that where some people want to be there and they sort of go. And you just feel judged. And it's not cool. I've just never been a fan of any one of those. Yes. Like, what is a true yeah. fan argument? Like, oh, you know, if you have one favorite team and one secondary team, you're not a true fan. Or if, if you have tr- just let people be people, man. So let's, mm-hmm. let's think of ways to improve it. It is, it is a problem. We want to have it packed. Yeah. Attendance drops in the playoffs. That is not ideal. Screaming and yelling and judging each other isn't helping move the ball forward. That's my only real point. You know,
0: well, and I I just think. Ah, I did, I get all over the place when I start talking about this kind of thing. Um, this is the first year. I think I have every year that JMU's had a playoff run, had to miss one mm-hmm. playoff game. This year, because this w- coming week's game falls on Friday and not Saturday, I actually can go. Yeah. But that's probably the reverse of a lot of people. Um, otherwise, I would have had to watch it on television this coming Saturday as well. Um, And I would have been really bummed, (laughs) you know, but excited. And I also think, I I mean, look, this was really, it was low. But as you said, the atmosphere is always great in the playoffs because the people that are there care about the football.
1: Yeah, they really want to be there. Those
0: are the people, right? Those are the people who go to West Virginia. Those are the people who travel, you know, who go to the road game at Richmond. These are, you know, this is the people that care about the team. They care about the program. Um, And I'm not saying other people don't. But one of the ways you get to 25,000 in a regular season game is, you know, our friends that are casual fans plan in advance, well, we're going to play golf at Lakeview that weekend, you know, or we're going to get everybody, you know, last year we went with like, or two years ago, I don't know what it was, Rob, when Megan and Gina and everybody went like, you know, we get a huge group and we plan it out in advance. We're going to have this weekend. That's going to be really fun. Right. Mm -hmm. But those people aren't, they're not, and that's not a knock on them. They're interested in JMU football in a way that they never were 10 years ago. And they'll watch the game from Atlanta or Seattle or Boston or wherever they're or the Charlotte
1: they are. Watch parties this weekend. Or the Everybody Charlotte wants, Watch yeah.
0: Party this weekend or something, right? But they aren't they can't uproot their lives on in December and go to yeah. the game. So we've been around and around on this. Um and and the thing, and look, we're just so lucky. There's so many more people paying attention to this. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. And if you're lucky enough to go, have fun. Yeah. I don't care. I'm gonna have fun on Friday. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, no matter what the weather is and who is or isn't there, if, if the Dukes are winning, I'm gonna enjoy the heck out well, of it Well it's like so, you said, it's all I,
1: how it falls. Like I was weeks yeah. ago I was like, Oh man, if it's a Friday, that's gonna be awesome because we've got a commitment on Saturday. It lands right. on Friday, I find out I'm coaching basketball two weeks ago, they gave me a Friday night practice. Like right. I'm out. Like it's what am yeah. I gonna do? I got nine kids I'm responsible for. Um, right. It's just it's stuff like that happens. Other people have work where they're yep. going to have a meeting at three 30 or four. And like, well, I'm not going to fight traffic from Richmond or Virginia beach or DC. Like, I don't know. Okay. It's thanks. These things, I know. It, if we all could just clear every weekend in December and mm-hmm. some of us do, and that's great. And God bless you mm-hmm. as a fan who can't do that. I appreciate you, those of you that do. I know that I can count mm-hmm. on there's 10,000 of you that are going to be in there. Come hell or high water. That's awesome as a fan, but there's weeks that I can't do it. There's weeks other people can't right. do it. Screaming at them is just, in my opinion, is going to make them less likely to want to come and, and make an effort in the future.
0: So yeah, in some and, sense, it's sometimes it's kind It's also different. We have, I mean, North Dakota State's going through this right now too. When you're this, we've been in the playoffs six years in yeah. a row. JMU has. That's never happened before in the program's history. Right? When, when they got in there in 2015 and 2016, it was the biggest deal just to host a first round game. Right? Yeah. And I mean, Those were rough. First round games are really rough because it's Thanksgiving weekend. But you know, people, a lot of people. I mean, we're we're dealing with it with our friends who are coming from Philly. You know, our season ticket crew. Mm -hmm. They get to choose one. They probably get to choose one playoff game and hope the Dukes make it to whatever that round is. You know, and that's the way that it. That's just life a little bit. Um, And and I think when you know there's going to be three games at home. Um, you know, or you think you hope, I don't know. I'll be interested to see this Friday. It may be a total crap shoot because it's Friday and the weather is crazy. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they win this week, if they have the biggest crowd of the three home playoff games on the last weekend, you know? Um, I, I don't know. Just a lot of people are going, planning to go to Frisco too. Yeah. Like I, how to tell people. So we, we, you know, you can do. You can be both too, Rob, yeah. Right? You can be both disappointed and wish that there were more people there, and understand that people have lives and nobody's mad. We're not mad. Nobody's mad at me. And all, all the fourth, and forth,
1: you can. know. What's that? Of, all all of those things I agree with. But another mm-hmm. one is people like me who are going to be at home on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel like, like yep. you're missing out but it doesn't make me a bad person you know, yes like, i'm bummed i wish it was more no. i also recognize that by me, me not being there i am part of the very problem that frustrates me but i'm not i'm just not going right. to judge it. Right, right, right. many of us that yeah. are not there and people are like oh you should be there real fan." trust me we want to be there you know if i didn't have obligations oh, yeah. you know, i didn't need to coach if i didn't need to go to work on friday you better believe i would love it if i could take the whole day friday tailgate all day if I could mm-hmm. I'd drive around the state picking up my friends to be there. you know like we want to right. be there right, right 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 right. it's just it's tough right. I mean it's it's not one of those things that we're not at the stage yet or of a, of a program of a fandom where people just playing around with stuff and I'm not at a stage of life no, where I can just I don't pick know up that go, any, even if we were I
0: don't I don't know if anybody's at that stage right people have more volume of fans but I don't know, Rob. I, I, you know, I, I thought about the Clemson, Ohio State are going to play in the best semifinals since the college football playoffs started. Yeah. Likely. Right. Going into it. But they're playing in Arizona. And those are two fan bases that have traveled all over Hell's Half Ager for a yeah. couple years in other playoff scenarios. Right. And if you I don't know. Right. Do you save your money? Do you save your time off work? Do you save your family relationships? for the hope that maybe they get to the final. another yeah. round and they get to play LSU in the final. I, I don't know. Right. Good
1: luck I, I getting mean, the even in the, the Superdome if it's LSU.
0: Right. And I mean, look, Ohio state will be fine. Cause there's 8 million Ohioans in Arizona <laughs> and Southern California, but like, I, I don't know. Right. I, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I just I think we all need to cool it on that. Um, and hopefully the Dukes will do better. Hope. You know, it's really cool. The school does what they can, right? They're giving students a chance to win free tuition on Friday, doing giveaways for best sign and stuff. They're doing what they can. So no shots at anybody. Um, really grateful we're in D-Lot and we get to park there on Friday. Yep. <laughs> um, um, but, but let's get on yeah, to it. Yeah, we, we right? said we were going to talk what, what's about first, we... what's first? What's first? Yeah, I know. What's first um, down for you?
1: The steady nature of this team is really calming. Uh Todd, as we've mentioned 50 mm-hmm. times already, we were there on, on Saturday. And I'm telling you, I've also yep. mentioned five trillion times on this podcast how I am a very nervous fan. I did not get nervous mm-hmm. on on Saturday. And you really I didn't. don't think anybody did. We had a couple people screaming and yelling frustration, mm-hmm. but it was more like, oh my gosh, we gave up points. It was more like we wanted a shutout. Nobody was like, the Dukes are gonna lose. There wasn't that that you sometimes feel in a crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think that we as fans are just taking a cue from Signetti and Nooch and everybody out there. It's like they gave up an early score and people are like, oh, this again? But nobody was like freaking out. Right. Like in the in the last days of the Mickey era, they'd go down and you would start hearing the boobirds come out. You would start hearing the obnoxious I'm not saying it was the entire crowd, but you'd have those obnoxious drunk people. Right. Get out of here, Mickey, you're a bump. You didn't hear any of that nonsense. It wasn't like Nobody was screaming Mm -hmm. at any of the players. Nobody was screaming at news. Nobody was screaming at coordinators. It was just like, oh, Oh. here we go. And then they started going, and Mm -hmm. it just was so calming. The offense just goes out there and goes about their business. You don't see anybody screaming and yelling on the sidelines. It's just such a unique Mm -hmm. approach to today's game. Um, Mm -hmm. Even I don't know if you noticed, but when DACA got that penalty, which I thought was a load of garbage for (laughs) just um, (laughs) – He yeah. went over, and in years past, that's the type of thing where you'd see player and coach scream and yell. They kind of both go their separate ways. I'm sure Signe was getting this talking mm-hmm. to. Him. He wasn't telling his best friend, but he kind of pulled him in, talked to him face-to-face, kind of man-to-man. They talked for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. He patted them on the shoulder. They walked away, and he sat out two plays and went back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same thing happened right. when Tut got that late hit. Like, he went over the coaches. It's mm-hmm. not just throwing clipboards and headsets flying and – it's just kind of like, hey, you know, and you can kind of imagine they're saying stuff like, that's not a football play, son. We're here to play football not mess around. Let's get going back on the field, do what you do. And it's like the entire team is just yep. the old Billichick. It's become cliche now, but just do your job. Um, it was that sort of thing. So like yep. they go down early, but it was just nobody seemed to waver. And it can't just be me. I mean, like if I'm feeling that way, it's got to be other nope. fans feeling, feeling the same way, right?
0: Yeah, well, it it wasn't just later and Mickey, Rob. Yeah. Last year, when they played Elon at home last year, we knew yeah. right away, yep. this is trouble, right? I mean, the nerves went around. We watched that New Hampshire game on TV. You knew. Oh, I'm talking about
1: the crowd reaction. Like, there's, I understood things, things went off yeah, the yeah, rails yeah, exactly. a little bit under other coaches, too. Good coaches like Houston, and Mickey was a yeah. good coach. Mickey was a great mm-hmm. coach. Um, yeah. But you didn't have that visceral reaction in the fan, the one idiot who always wants to fire the coach after every play. You don't sure. hear that anymore, right? No, you okay.
0: didn't hear that this week. No, no, and it, it's it's always funny. The playoff spring. it's it's an odd assortment yeah. of fans at times, but yeah, um, but but I think the calm part of that, or however you want to say that, Rob is is so yeah. far so good. Um, I'd really like them to stop falling behind. I'd like to not week, see it tested like everybody else. <laughs> yes, yes, all the time. Um, but it's, it's awesome to watch, and if they can maintain that, it will serve them very well all the way throughout the playoffs. Um, these playoff games are lo- – another thing this weekend, and I know this first quarter was particularly nuts with the 21-21, or I don't know if it was 21-14 or whatever, but it was essentially yeah. 21-all in the first quarter. Um, but playoff games are really oh long. Oh, my gosh. I had forgotten, Terrible. right? The timeouts, the TV timeouts are forever. And they kind of taunt um, you with it, with that sign
1: and, for ESPN three, you know, the, the timer that was up Oh 140.
0: yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so it just, it, you gotta kind of just, you can't be so far. I mean, actually I thought Monmouth was the opposite of this, right? They were so hyped by the great start that they had that You can't sustain that. I mean, at some point that just that adrenaline goes away and you gotta play four quarters. And they didn't have anything left after the first quarter, really. Um, and part of the and a lot of that was my second down Rob was JMU's O line was just a monster this week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know Monmouth is probably just flat out overmatched and this coming week against Northern Iowa will be a much could be a much different challenge. Um but JMU put up over 600 yards mm-hmm. of offense, set their playoff franchise or team playoff record for that, had 66 points for all the big wins. That was the most JMU scored in a playoff game. Uh, you know, uh, and Danucci and was not sacked. DiNucci was barely pressured.
1: They don't get a lot of um, negative yards either. Like, they, what, like a bad they don't get, no, is getting no. stuff for one yard.
0: Yeah, I mean Percy, I looked at that. Somebody put that up today, the stat of all four running backs, nobody has more than like eighteen yards lost on I, the season.
1: I think that's For the season. I think that's probably I mean, indicative of two things. Like one, I think Percy and Juan have such great kind of north south styles. I think I think they don't really mm-hmm. dance around, but when they see the hole, they hit the right hole and they're just going. They're not they don't really try to break it around the edge mm-hmm. or anything. And also it's indicative like the mm-hmm. offensive line is always getting a push. So even if even if somebody comes up yeah. like a linebacker He's not going to make contact till mm-hmm. a yard beyond the line of scrimmage, so because you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not any sort of X's and O's genius. I'm not Evangelista who can break down a line play. Somebody point something mm-hmm. out on a replay, I'll notice it. But I noticed several times. Mm-hmm. Liam Fernado was making plays that from the stands were, were drawing your eye. You know, yeah, without the benefit of a replay yeah. or doing things like he just it's just it was just eye catching plays where he was just pummeling
0: people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really fun to watch, and they just they also, I don't know how to say this. They, they're, they're just, um, there's a calmness about the unit this yeah. year that like you said about the, the way they play, you know, they just keep moving around. They seem to, I don't know. There's not, they're not hyped all the time. <laughs> it's just fun to, uh, it's fun to watch that. I mean, uh, it was, we brought, you know, we had a um, couple with us this weekend that was new to JMU football and, you know, the, um, one guy said to me, you know, there was a play where Ben just had 10 seconds to throw the ball. And I'm not sure that he actually found anyone. He may have actually rolled out and ran on that play, but it it was one of those where like, you know, he turned to me. and was like, wow. Yeah. o line's really, really having their way. You
1: know? So that was fun. So what about their, I almost thought that might've been their game plan. Trying to, I was getting a little bit worried about that actually, but, um, and they particularly did it with the offensive linemen. And I was happy they didn't take the bait. They just kept getting back up to to take it out on the next play. So that was cool. hmm
0: Yeah. Monmouth, I thought they actually got a little bit it was a little bit of fool's gold for them, I think, those first couple big plays. Yeah. You know, if you're them you're probably thinking, Oh, we can play with these no. guys and then and then you get a little I mean, chesty and that was not the way I to mean, approach That was this just game, a which, guy you know,
1: Guerrero who made one guy missed and then it was track speed and God, I'm not saying it was fluky, but it yeah. was like, that was not indicative of what's to come. Like he ran through one hole, no. got took a bad angle and he was gone, but that it wasn't like they consistently yeah. were pounded holes or anything like that. So. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm guessing we're going to get to some defensive things. Well, here, Rob. What's go your go third one, death? Just
1: the, the passing game. Oh yeah. Um, go ahead. The run game. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I don't it was it was awesome. I don't know what I was gonna say, but it was great. It was fantastic. It
0: was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was that. normal.
1: You expect yeah. the, that Riley and Brandon are gonna have big games. I'm just impressed how they spread the ball around. I mean, it was like eight guys caught passes mm-hmm. and how what really caught my eye was how they trust guys to come in and make plays. And I'm talking in particular that yeah, Ravenel. Four fourth down,
0: down catch. Um,
1: it just it says mm-hmm. so much about this year's team. And I'm going to blow up one play to make it some sort of parable for the whole season. But to go for it, you know, in, in plus territory. Well,
0: Signetti did today. Yeah, he talked I mean, about that play. So you're again.
1: on fourth down. Yeah. It's still a relatively close game. Um, it wasn't like mm-hmm. fourth and short. Like you knew they were going to need to pass. But just to be aggressive, roll out, you know, put in a guy who had pretty much been sitting on the sidelines most of the game, had him run a pretty good route, catch the ball. I mean, it was. It just was mm-hmm. cool that you can have a guy come in and just, again, guys just doing their jobs, coming in, making the one play they had to. Maybe just that game. And that might be the one play he has to make over the next two weeks. But just getting it done. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought Painter. Just, I thought it was yeah. just nice to see the guy get in the end zone. But that was also a terrific catch and a really nice pass, I think, by Kojo, wasn't it? Was that Johnson there?
0: It was, I think. So yeah, it I was just, cold
1: it's cool. Yep. It's like, cool. It's great when you've got Riley and Brandon to carry the load. But they're getting – seven catches six catches so it's not like we're going 15 16 targets these guys um i think Bra- brown nope. had a brown had started off in the first quarter dylan yeah. stapleton I think eight different guys caught passes so it makes it it's hard mm-hmm. enough if you just got to figure out what are you going to do like are we going to double bulk we're going to double stapleton now you got to worry about these secondary guys who can come in and just be counted on to make plays and it's almost more impressive to me when a guy like Ravenel can come in, and have one target, one big catch, and get out there, so, like he's that ready. So mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. I, I've been amazed with the with the offense all season. But Saturday, those couple mm-hmm. of cool things, the Ravenel catch, the painter catch, um, you know, Stapleton having I thought mm-hmm. his best game of the season. So yeah, and I they also so. seem to really have noticed something about Monmouth where they were just throwing a lot of kind of horizontal routes in the first quarter and letting guys yeah. make plays. It made me realize what a good blocker Polk is. It
0: really is. You don't
1: pick up some of those things when you're watching on television, but when you're at the game, you can see everything happening. The receivers really block well. And it it made me think back to under the Mickey years when we used to call them wide blockers because it was just run run, runner. But that's a (laughs) skill set you probably don't think about, or I don't think about much as a fan. But when they were just doing those little like bubble screens or like, you know, basically two Mm -hmm. yard outs and and able to pick Mm -hmm. up six, seven yards it's great. You know, you're moving the chains.
0: Well, for Polk too, the, the, of all the things he's got to love about changing from the big 10 to the FCS, yeah. he's got to love yeah. his ability going, to block, yeah. you know, that, that's Five, a eight, whole eight, different six, world. Four, right? Yeah. You know, right. 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 Um, yeah. That's a really good. And two more things on the passing game, Rob. I mean, one newts was fantastic yeah. this weekend. You know, his mental game this weekend was as good as he has played. He made in the really GMU good uniform. I, Yeah, I think I heard he was 21 of 24 or 21 of 25. It was something – it was over 80%. um, And he made really good decisions, yeah, when to keep it, when not to keep it. Um, And and what was funny to me is I don't actually know that he wasn't – this may – it's so weird to say for a guy who completed 80% of his passes, I'm not sure that this was his best game throwing the ball. Like he wasn't quite as locked in, right? The one that he bounced to Riley – he's usually so so accurate and he missed a couple um i mean he would be the first one to tell you that but but it all of those were physical just you know a guy missed a play i mean it, it, i thought his decision seemed to be the right one every single time this week and it's so it's also kind see. of
1: funny how last year everybody uh, criticized his arm motion and now when you <laughs> got mahomes mm-hmm. and everybody else now people are like oh look at noosh with the arm angle Oh, those two <laughs> sidearms, the yeah. ones that
0: Jake Br- – yeah. Oh. Like it's a feature, yeah, not yeah. a bone. That's awesome. Well, and I think that was a good point, Rob. I hadn't thought about about Ravenel coming in cold but needing to make one or two plays. Um, you know, this is looking way too far down the road, but there's a certain team out there that usually tends to play a Tampa yeah. 2 defense. And the Tampa 2 defense often requires one of your slot guys to um, – yeah. run free down the middle a lot and make plays in, in case anybody's forgotten that John Miller mm-hmm. catch from a few years back. Um, you know, and a guy like Rabanel might be the kind of guy you need yep. to make a play um, w- somewhere down the line. So yeah, it was great to see uh, my, my other part, I, I guess just switching over to the, I, I just want to talk about the two block field goals, oh. Rob. That was such an <laughs> fu play. Like, s- sorry for the language there, folks. But I mean, yeah. It. I, I mean, first of all, you know, they they blocked the first one. I don't know what happened. Signetti. I I didn't hear today him talking about that, but it said after the game he didn't he didn't think he would called the timeout, but he didn't know if maybe one of the other coaches or one of the players had called the timeout. Um. But in any case, it was like I, here I was ready to yell at the ref, and turned out JMU calls the timeout or at least allegedly called a timeout. And that would have been a touchdown. And it was a big play, right? They were up 17. That would have, I think they were were getting the ball back. They would have
1: to start the half. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And it would have, you know, clearly the guy was going to run it. I mean, Rashad caught it out of the air and was about ready to run it back for a touchdown. And they call it back. And you're thinking, wow, this is a 10, at least a 10 point swing here. Um, and they blocked the second field goal. So that was fantastic. And it, it was kind of a, it was an up and down day from the special teams. Needless to say, uh, giving up another kickoff return Ooh, for a touchdown. Yeah. It, uh, I will one shout out a couple of seniors. Really? This one is special teams one defensively, but really cool to see some really, really veteran players of JMU. It's kind of stepped back up this week. Um, after the kickoff return for the touchdown where you and I sat in the stands and just for the 19th time in the last five weeks, beat our head against the wall about losing Mm -hmm. Sam kid, who seemed to be the one guy to go crazy on kickoff coverage. uh, It was Bryce McGinley that made the play on the, I don't know if it was the next Monmouth kickoff return or the one after, but it looked like they were going to have another long one. And it was, I think he came out to 35 or 40, but it was Bryce McGinley that kind of saved what potentially could have been another, Long, long run, and and then and he's a guy who's, you know, he played a lot in those sixteen championship run, and it's been in and out. And then obviously it was really cool to see Charles Tut get the, uh, get the touchdown late in the game. Um, another guy we've hardly seen on the field like, this year, and, and had he's had so, so many injuries so many his career, so many injury problems, and he sure looked fast yeah. at, running that back. So, and both of those guys. As this run goes along, and if they go another week, two weeks, three weeks, they're need all. they going to need all the bodies they can get. And to have guys that have that kind of experience, those are guys that played significant roles in the 16, 17 runs um, who have not played major roles this year. But to have guys like that on the bench it, and you see a play like McGinley making that play on the coverage after the kickoff return for the touchdown and you think there's some – you know, there's just some things with this team that are really give you hope for the rest of this run. So, um, but they, yeah, they got to get really coverage, <laughs> um, but they didn't punt. <laughs> they didn't punt at all this week. Uh, Radke barely made his field goal, but made it. And they blocked two blocked a punt and two field goals at the same <laughs> play. So hard to complain about overall about the special teams net. So I, I, it's weird that we didn't talk about the defense, but we didn't talk about the defense. Um,
1: they 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 let their play do the with, talking for themselves.
0: They do, and I think they'll get their chance to shine this week. And um, unless we have anything else, Rob, that's what I think we're going to pivot to. Looking ahead to, oh, I just oh, said pivot. Oh, jeez, uh, yeah. Knock, the, knock synergies, the synergies we can uh, have and yes. paradigm shift. Oh, and you, this is this a yeah. guy in a knit tie oh. doing a slide deck? We'll, yeah, we'll leverage your statement <laughs> yeah. to, right. for greater efficiencies. So. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh well, that helps us look ahead to the University of Northern Iowa Panthers uh, from Cedar Falls, Iowa, uh, fresh off a scintillating thirteen to ten win in Brookings over the South Dakota State Jackrabbits this weekend. Yes, Northern Iowa is the alma mater of one Kurt Warner. That is, they play in a dome. Those are about the only two things don't I don't really sling around
1: like uh, Kurt Warner did, huh?
0: They do not sling it around anymore. Um, Northern Iowa, a very, very, very strong defensive team, um, seems to be challenged in the offensive department. And by challenged, I mean they look a lot like Army football in the 1940s. So, (laughs) um, you know, they have a lot of injuries, I I will say, looking ahead to this game. They have been missing. They had a kind of all-world tight end coming into the season. Briley Moore who may actually return this week. He's been out since, I think, the first game or two when they lost to Iowa State or right after, um, but may actually come back. They've been down two receivers, at least one and sort of one and a half receivers this week. Um, Isaiah Weston and Deion McShane, they've been down their main running back, Tyler Hoosman. They, they, they have a, um, a mass unit over there. And they've sort of been that way. They've been patching it together for the last few weeks, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, But their defense has not let up. And, you know, they obviously performed very well. They had been blown out by – it's a weird schedule, this team, Rob. I don't know what to make of them, right? They lost in triple overtime to Iowa State to start the year, which is very similar, I think, I think very comparable to JMU's loss to West Virginia, um, a game that they – It was only 13-all at the end of regulation. The score ended up being high with the three overtimes, but that's certainly not a bad loss. They got destroyed by NDSU. Um, Maybe not much to see there. And they got destroyed late in the season, in the regular season, by South Dakota State, which is the reason they went to Brookings instead of vice versa this week. But they obviously avenged that loss. Yeah,
1: one the Um, one that mattered
0: yeah, won the one that mattered, and and that's it. That's those are their three losses, all to all quality losses. Um, you know, won the other games. I don't really know what to say. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this week, Rob. For me, my my main thing this week, I mean, one of my main things at least is the special teams we were just talking about. Um, I think this is tight, a tight game. We're looking at potentially some weather, and most of all, just we're looking at two of the top twenty, you know, top ten, top twenty defenses in the country. And I think points are at a premium, and, and JMU can't afford to give up home runs um, to Northern Iowa on plays that they shouldn't hear this week. So that'll be my big one. I don't know what you're yeah. looking forward to. Well, I sort I, of have one think, more. But, and yeah. I
1: don't mean this to be snarky, yeah. and I don't mean this to get under the skin of any well, like MVC fans if they're listening to this. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. get a life if they're listening mm-hmm. to our podcast. but – but right. I, I'm really curious, legitimately curious, to see how n- a non NDSU MBC team stacks up to JMU's typical CAA competition. You know, MBC fans yes. are talking all sorts of smack about, oh, oh. CAA stinks. CAA. Oh, you only got one team left. And you know, they only had Albany got knocked out. Nova.
0: All right. JMU yeah. played cupcakes. And all I don't
1: year. buy it. Like, right. I, I don't think, obviously, I mean, I don't, you don't, The the committee didn't. Nobody thinks that at the top the CAA's top five teams are as good as the mvc's top five teams but i think top to bottom the CAA is a better league mm-hmm. i think week in week yep. out you're not going to have a lot of cupcakes even a team like rhode island is going to give good teams fits mm-hmm. so i really want to see like i think mm-hmm. you and i is a good team i think they could beat jmu mm-hmm. i think it's going to be a challenge but mm-hmm. you know what i thought stony brook almost beat jmu villanova could have beat jmu like, I think they're, like, at that level. Yep. And I mean that as a compliment, mm-hmm. not as a knock. But I just right. I don't think that this right. is going to be this super intimidating, like, oh, Jamie, you ain't seen a defense like that. Yeah, Jamie's probably seen three or four defenses like that. You know, like, that. that's how we right. play in the CAA. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of CAA teams make it. Some years, some years you do. Because you've got a mm-hmm. lot of really good teams that end up knocking each other out. I think that's what... That's how I view this U and I team. It's a good team. Yeah. It's not on the level of an N D S U. Um, just nope. like a lot of the CA teams aren't really on the same level as JMU. But I don't know. So I got, I'm not particularly intimidated. I think it's gonna be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. I think JMU should win. I, I hope I think they will win, mm-hmm. but it's not out of the realm possibility that you and I can come in there and, and come off. But they gotta gotta the decent care of the ball, gotta play better in special team. I think JMU's defense is going to have its way with the Northern Iowa offense. And I think JMU, even yeah. if they may struggle a bit, it's not going to be as easy as last week, or God willing, maybe it will be. Um, I think JMU will score enough points mm-hmm. to, to get out of Harrisonburg with victory.
0: That's, yeah, that, I, it's really hard for me to see Northern Iowa, the way in the shape they are right now, scoring enough to keep up Unless with Unless they with get,
1: get points off turnovers um, and special teams.
0: Right, if they get points off special teams and turnovers, that kind of thing. You know, I think they do have a kind of a home run hitter, wide receiver if he's healthy, you know. Um, but their uh, quarterback plays. I read something uh, in
1: some just, Iowa newspaper today. I can't remember which one.
0: Oh, I, I, is it the Waterloo, Cedar Falls? I don't know. The so front, yes.
1: Sports section. I clicked uh-huh. over to the front page, and I kid you not, the uh-huh. top headline story on the front page was about some woman getting arrested for a stolen kidney scandal. So. So, oh, yeah, well, there you go. Okay, One of those things. Well, um, But whatever. We're, we're, they they are yeah. also talking about some freshman receiver who's been pretty good but has reached that, like, four-game threshold. And apparently the talk is, will oh. they play him or will they not? So, I don't know. Not right. like that will be a game-changer, but it is interesting. No. I think they do have playmakers. They've got a freshman QB. Do they not?
0: Yeah, they do. And they do have a uh, – the, the paper has a breaking news banner across the top that says – Farley, that's their head coach, Mark Farley, uh, says James Mattis is on North Dakota State's mm. level. <laughs> well, you thank go. you, Farley. <laughs> right. Thank you, Farley. Yes. Um, and then, the, I, I, Rob, just one more little note. Um, I am terrified of who knows what kind of officiating we're going to get I, uh, It was not this good. weekend. You know, 66-21, it doesn't really matter. But it was bad. Those were OVC officials this week. You know, average CAA ref is terrible, but man, they were bad this weekend. Yeah, the call on, as you mentioned, the call Daca. on who got oh Daka. Yeah, and you know, even the Jawan one, I, I, Jawan probably deserved it. He did kind of you know, either shove or swing at the guy at the end, but he was like the fourth guy. I thought
1: it was, I thought it was to, be to do
0: a, I thought Juwan
1: deserved the flag and I did
0: too. It needed to be it offsetting, wasn't like, right? it, it, it he wasn't was like the guy who retaliates. They both did it. Like, in, in sequence, they both you know, did it. it was, yeah, like it was almost in, in perfect. Usage. No, no. And the first, um, I don't know. If, I think it was the very first kickoff of the game where they said that Amos made that a fair catch and he yeah. didn't make a fair catch like and he was running in the open field and then they blew the play dead. it was just and it was weird cuz like if he didn't make a fair catch then he's actually supposed to get it unsportsmanlike penalty yeah. for running like if they thought he made a fair catch it, oh and then uh, and then obviously the field goal timeout that may or may not have been until, I don't know there was just a bunch of weird well, stuff this weekend we, and the two even the two replays that were overturned were like if they're close I, and the I don't way know they just felt the like, replay you know they you know, they came yeah, yeah, that they're was like,
1: what it was. Yeah. Oh, the last play is under review, whether or not the re- whether it was a reception or not, and we're like, who? We're like, right. did Signetti challenge that? No, that was a waste. Like he clearly caught it, and they weren't reviewing if he caught it. they were reviewing if he had scored a touchdown. So everybody in the stands right. was c- totally confused. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. And then was they're like, like what's going on? Like. <laughs> So it's a touchdown, but I thought you were judging it was a catch or not. No, it was a mess. And also, like, you could do an entire podcast on this, and I'm sure somebody has. The whole way that they spot the ball, like, they bring the chains out, and they measure it, and then they throw it to their, you know, their pal referee, and he spots it again, then they run the play, then they bring the chains out. I'm like, how? There's no precision. Like, I thought the whole point of bringing the chains to the ball was you're not going to move the ball, and that's where it is. But they just –
0: it was – there, and that's, that's a little thing. Oh, and there was one point when they said there was an injury on the field and they were like, maybe when Riley got hurt, and they were like, well, we need to measure, but we're going to wait for the yeah. field to clear. And it's like, well, if we're going to take five oh, minutes to Why don't we it's measure? Just,
1: it's such a junior varsity <laughs> operation.
0: Yes, and who knows what conference officials we're getting yeah. this week. Presumably we're not getting the CAA yeah, or the Missouri it was so, Um It'll be quite the grab bag. And with that, Rob, I think that brings us to our overtime tonight, um, which is kind of a fun one. I don't – who sent you know it what, in? Let tonight? me go you know? check
1: real quick. Pause. Well, okay. basically, this is building off the whole Billy Eilish doesn't know who Van Halen is thing. Um, yes. Todd Lohman, at T.C. Loman. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. I know you know him. You know, yep.
0: From- Long time –
1: yeah, Interactor um, with us guy nice yes. back and forth with a very nice twitter relationship mm-hmm. with him i'm not sure i've never met him in person but I think yeah yeah anyway yeah. he suggested like based on that conversation what are some music stars and albums from our college days that kids should learn about today um and i thought this was a fun one right we got tons of great christmas yeah. suggestions which we will do in the coming weeks
0: yeah, yeah. we're gonna save those
1: okay so why, why don't you right well, you can lead off
0: well, I, I, one thing I thought about Rob was I, I actually kind of flipped this too. I, I was thinking about, um, probably some, some people from our college days that students should not learn. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the first one I thought of that it's really hard to explain to kids and it's funny cause I've seen them a couple times in the last, I don't know, five years and it's still not my all time. It hasn't held up as well as I thought. Um, but it's really hard to explain. I was widespread. just
1: going to say, are you talking about widespread?
0: <laughs> I am. Yeah. It, it, um, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's also kind of a, it's funny. It both holds up and doesn't hold up in a weird way. <laughs> like, it's kind of I peak know.
1: 90s um, in, in a good way.
0: Not in like the Spice Girls way, but like- In it, a good way. It would be music of is, the moment. There were some that I was thinking they yeah. shouldn't learn. A... Yes. Yeah. Um, so that, that, was, that was sort of my first- you know, first one that I it immediately came to mind to think of, like, what was massive at JMU? And there were a couple that I was like, I don't know if they really need to learn about I, rusted Root. I actually Root.
1: almost <laughs> went with rusted Root.
0: Because that was just very...
1: Right, okay, yeah, like, and then I started explaining, like, okay, that wasn't that big of a deal. It was fun. It was kind of a brief moment in time right. where I felt like mm-hmm. all of my friends from from school, JMU on North, kind of got a rusted Root. But it wasn't the right. total, like, East Coast sort of... um you know, it wasn't like Dave Matthews right. was it, from a college perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big college band. So right. I thought about them. That's good. I don't know. I, I was trying to consider from like music that you should listen to in college, whether or not the albums came out when we were then. but like, just, so I was going to go with some sort of Bob Marley or something like that. Oh yeah. But then I realized like mm-hmm. college kids didn't even like Bob Marley or didn't really like reggae when we were in school. They just kind of liked smoking weed and trying to play redemption song or their roommate's guitar. Like, People just kind of fake their way through so they could have that one Marley poster right. and listen to Three Little Birds, like whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I guess one band like this, for me, it's got to start and end. We talked about it last mm-hmm. week, Tribe Called Quest. And, and I'm not going to go on sort of yeah. old man rant about rap today. It's like, I like rap today. I'm not as into it as I once was. But for me, like, Tribe Call mm-hmm. Quest is the best, period, end of story. Um, you hit on it last week. They were kind of mm-hmm. that bridge from not from like just taking other music from real DJing versus creating beats and everything. Both have merit. It's mm-hmm. the best. I love Fife. I love Jarobi, I love Q-Tip. I love all their albums. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I feel like people need to do their homework. And in order to really appreciate music today, not just rap music, but all music, I think, I think tribe holds up with, with any band out there anywhere. And this is a hill I will die on. Yeah.
0: That's pretty good. No. And this one's, I guess a, it might, it's a little bit, I was trying to think, Rob, I guess it's, I mean, you would know that. You obviously know the album, but it's a little bit after you college-wise. It's probably when it was mainly me left there. <laughs> um, but but the Chronic album was was one that I was thinking of was like the album that we listened to well, late was, night, you know, yeah. cleaning up after a party all I the would time. Think, or, or Snoop's debut <laughs> was my
1: freshman year of college. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I mean. I mean, that's Doggy really time kind of like that. Huge deal. And then... Yeah.
1: When Tupac yeah. signed with Death Row, that was the other big deal. I just remember Kevin Doyle playing that album
0: until
1: yeah. he totally wore it out.
0: Doyle. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> <laughs> All right. All right. Nice. What else you got? That's <laughs> awesome. Um I, I it's hard I, I don't think there's any way to explain Peak Garth. Yeah. <laughs> this is totally in the mainstream country. There's nothing era, wrong with that though. It's so impossible to it's like Taylor Swift times hundred. He was like, like the biggest rock star on the planet he wasn't
1: a rock star. <laughs>
0: And it, Yeah, and it doesn't – it's really weird because it's like I still sort of have, like, positive thoughts Didn't about it. Didn't he just it, win, like, some better of the, of the year? He did. But and what's weird is when you go back and listen now, some of the songwriting is really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, you could not pull that now, um, this time later. So I, I don't – and that, that goes for – don't get me wrong, that goes for Dr. Dre and – half the albums Mm -hmm. we're talking about here um you know would not be viewed the same way critically that they are today but you don't think of it coming from like the most mainstream of all mainstream country um at the time to go back and listen to some of those really questionable lyrics (laughs) and you're like whoa yeah so that, that was kind of interesting yeah. for me uh, <laughs> but, well this yeah. is one
1: this is very college specific and this is not on the level yeah, a question of question for you you know like this isn't a van halen or no no anything. i got but uh, mm-hmm. to me i really really enjoyed this band it might have just been me and million and a few others but i remember going to them at nine thirty, or maybe not even nine thirty. i think i saw them in mm-hmm. the bayou a couple times the samples for oh, yeah. me may- like yes like I that was just such a great call. band like Colorado, Colorado baby. Baby. it was so perfect for the time yeah. we were in college which was you know guys and girls parties you know girls with kids and big baggy jeans and khakis and mm-hmm. birkenstocks and mm-hmm. socks like it was not a very stylish error but um the samples were kind of no. like a party staple throughout my four years of school and it was just mm-hmm. good music it definitely brings me back we've got a good friend who actually just moved to germany but Whenever she and her husband would be over hanging out with us, she and I would always, you know, the nights we got a little overserved, we'd make all the other spouses listen to the samples and we'd sing all the songs and people kind of look at us like we have yeah. three
0: heads. So. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, along that same line, Rob, I would think of both um, yeah. Fishbone and Guided by Voices both kind yeah. of falling into that weird... It's weird. I, not to say I love GBV, but I just was thinking like, you could be yeah. weird. You could be like different like i it's really hard to be i mean you could be you could be like post malone now and yeah. just be an asshole like but but i mean you're not really different or weird like i don't know i mean musically you're not like totally out on an island like i feel like the samples in fishbone if you go back and listen to that now you're like who yeah. the hell wrote this like who, you know like what was what was the genre and yet that was something that people i, I don't know i love some of that party yeah, the Carolinian in yeah. North Carolina. But yeah. let was thinking that's pretty funny. Um and then my Rob, I was thinking like just, you know, we're kind of on a we it's been a um you know, we got we got some tough tough news about some friends last week, about one friend in particular, but we we feel for some other friends that were closer to him. Agents um, made me yeah. think about agents of good roots, agents and um uh, and our friends from full circle yep. slash. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, just I was thinking about Agents and Virginia Coalition and, you know, some of those. You might still see them pop up. I think Agents holds up a little better than Agents some
1: of definitely that stuff. holds up. And this is this is a band out of Roanoke. Yeah. Um, so we became yeah. aware of them through some other friends from Roanoke. But they, I, wasn't the lead singer had like some sort of, I mean, I might be making this up. Didn't he get like a skeep hole in his throat? <laughs> he had like this really weird voice? I, I
0: don't know. I don't Maybe, I don't like, maybe, maybe Brian just told me I have
1: that. no idea. One night, but um, <laughs> that's a cool band. Talk about being unique. They sounded like nothing else out there. Um, I think yeah. if you look up they did a reunion tour last two summers ago. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think all the guys mm-hmm. are like in the music industry, like one of them I think is a music professor at VCU. The other are like they're yeah. all classically trained jazz musicians. Um super, super mm-hmm. cool sound. Uh were very big for a very brief time when we were at JMU. They were the featured band. Um, my junior year oh, yeah. at Greek Alumni Week. I remember, like that, that was a good yeah. band. So yeah, that's a great one.
0: Yeah. It's funny how people stay in the industry. My uh, one of my good friends from law school is the only is the only member of Baba Seth not still in oh, the wow. music industry. Like he's an attorney and he goes and plays the reunion show and he's awesome, you know, and like is a fun, awesome guy, but it's really cool that like everybody else has really stayed in the industry. Just not necessarily as a touring. Yeah, well, act, you know? Virginia
1: coalition. No. James had a little league game this spring yeah. and either another coach on the opposing team or just another yeah. parent had a VACO shirt on a VACO shirt. And oh. it, being that it's Alexandria, I said I was like, oh cool band. Yeah. And I was wondering if it was one of the guys in the band, because they're all from Rapidville, oh, it's TC. <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah. I think that the house I the house I'm living in now, um two owners ago, was uh was owned by one of the guys from oh, Guns O'Neills. Wow. So
1: yes. So down the street yeah, from, yeah, from the boys from Fighting Gravity or something. <laughs> yeah, yes, so probably, and then yeah. I'll go one more. Um <laughs> just in terms of a particular album. I know it had it actually mm-hmm. had one like kind of quote-unquote hit song when I was in college. I didn't really get that into it until after I got out of college. And now you look back, it's rightfully considered mm-hmm. one of the best albums of the 90s, and that's Pavement's "Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain." That just it just holds up. Mm-hmm. It's just an amazing, amazing record. I listen to it constantly. It's what 25 years old at this point, and just mm-hmm. it's just amazing stuff. Uh, that's a band I I miss recording new music. I like. Stephen Malkmus's new stuff, his his new band, and everything. But mm-hmm. Pavement is every bit as good as everybody says. If you're in college now and you missed it, mm-hmm. go back and uh, check that one out and listen to it on repeat.
0: That's an interesting um, way to think about it. I, I, that was one I I ha- did not think about in preparing <laughs> for this. Preparing <Rob. laughs> um, for this, I do. Yeah. I am glad that. Neither, <laughs> yeah, I I am glad that neither one of us said. Um, and this is what I was thinking about the not list along with Rusty Root was. Dave and Blue oh, Traveler, yeah. neither of, you know, uh, it's weird, right? Because they're so huge for our time in college. They're massive. Um, I mean, it, at JMU, they were as massive as like yeah. the Spice Girls, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. like that big of an effect. But I don't, I, I'm nostalgic about it. I have no interest in paying $85 no. to go to a show. Yeah. like. You know, no, we got invited. By so he's been
1: like, "Oh, we should go see Dave Matthews at whatever they call Nissan mm-hmm. Pavilion now." And I was like, "No, yeah." They're yeah. And they're like, "Why not?" Oh, and they're like, "You're right. too cool." I was like, "No, I'm just not going." I I've saw him there a bunch of times. I've right. seen him, you know, whatever he played. Wilson Hall, right. he played Grafton Stoveball. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to drive out there to spend whatever it is to listen to the same songs I've heard five million times and enjoyed and enjoyed yeah it's I, so I, weird because i've had very good no, memories of listening and going to good shows in college but yeah i, I don't feel needed mm-hmm. to get back on that train
0: it's funny because i won't there are bands that are we not are not we're not and are not as big as dave who now play like the nostalgia acts that now play at wolf trap that i would like I would more go see them because I would like be like, oh, okay, I'll pay like twenty five dollars to go to Wolf Trap tonight, where I wouldn't go to Nissan for that yeah. that show. Yeah, you're right. It's a, even though I might not like the music as much necessarily. Oh, you I, know, really I don't know. Anyway, so that a gets to be
1: Dave Matthews Band channel over the summer, and I listened to it a lot. I had a blast because mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many that they play all the live performances, and I had been to a shocking number of them that they played. Um, I just don't have a desire to go see it i don't think it's a nostalgia act i think it's just like current fans <laughs> and and yeah. yeah yeah i think so too i'd, I'd be more inclined to go if it's like yeah. a small ven- venue in a nostalgia act so
0: mm-hmm. well the samples was a I'm great gonna go listen in this, samples. Rob. i'm glad i'm, go- I'm gonna listen yep. to that tomorrow now that you said that yes so, um, but thank you everybody for tuning in we hope we have another week we hope we have another couple weeks of jmu football to talk about Rob and I will be here no matter what we have coming up the next few weeks to talk about um, but we're certainly hoping hoping that we can all sit back and enjoy this weekend after a win on Friday uh, go by Pale Fire, go by Mossy Creek if you're in Harrisonburg mention the podcast anytime you'll get free stuff uh, but really go support those people they're both doing great I, I thought it was really cool Rob I don't know if you noticed last week Palefire, they showed the game yeah. I didn't even know they had a TV, but they they realized they they need to make an effort, you know. They're not big sports people, but a big I, I was really happy to see that they were kind of embracing it, you know, getting on board and, and I think they're gonna yeah, probably I mean, show gonna it again this Friday. About it. Like, definitely. Um,
1: they're, but they're like they go back yeah. to what we were saying. Like it, support the team, but busy, time here, but finding a way to make it work for them and that's a great example of like root where you can, have fun with it and make it work. So that is a yeah that's a great place to hang out and do anything, but watching a game there would be really fun. Um,
0: Really cool. Yeah. And um, last thought on the football, Rob, Uh, if, if, if JMU wins on Friday, we are not jinxing anything or anything like that, but wow, would there be a fantastic match by any measure in, in Harrisonburg the following Saturday? So we know that the semifinals are both on Saturday, December twenty-first. There is no Friday semifinal this year. I think there's like a two o'clock and a five thirty or something like that uh, on that Saturday. It's they'll both be preceding. I think that's when the NFL starts going to Saturday night games, um, and there maybe I don't know there may even be some other bowl games, but they're not conflicting yet with playoffs or anything. So it will either be a rematch of the. Of it will be a rematch of two of the greatest games ever played at Bridgeforth. Uh, one win and one loss. They, they'll either play Weber State again, a team that JMU had a thrilling come from behind victory over two years ago uh, on the road to Frisco. You know, a, a game won by Ethan Ratke yeah. <laughs> at the buzzer, or it will be a rematch of probably to this the day, most you and I's personal most bitter defeat we've ever seen at JMU. Um, the loss to Montana. In the 2008 semifinals. I'm shocked by how uh, many
1: guys or, and gals and just Jamie yeah. fans in general I talk to who yeah. I talk about, oh, I haven't gotten over that game. And people are like, well, no, why would you? No, I haven't yep. either. You know, it's
0: just like, clearly, yeah. what? I, it's only been 11 years. You know? It's raw. It's funny to me, too, because the, you know, I think I, part of, I guess part of it's I was there, but it's that yeah. team. You know, the Youngstown game with the misspotted fourth down ball, um, you know, it drives me crazy. But it's not the kind I look back. And I mean, first of all, Youngstown didn't win. They, we've gone on to beat them in the championship, that kind of thing. Um, if App State were still in FCS, I would probably feel differently about a couple of those games. At the same time, JMU, you know, we had the thrilling win over App State at home it, during the 08 season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just the love that we have for that 08 team. I know, it, you know, the Rodney Landers. Mickey, sort of, yeah. the best of that era, and for them to come up short in that on on that spot with,
1: it was just it was, it was just a, a f- team that had pulled itself out from the depths of despair so many times in so many dramatic ways. Times, it was just inconceivable mm-hmm. that they didn't have one more comeback in them, and they almost did. Even with Dudzik coming in relief, he had that amazing play that they mm-hmm. ended up in Sports Illustrated, like the the somersaulting helicopter.
0: Yeah. Like, yep.
1: I don't yeah. know. I'll, I'll never. I'll never be convinced that they it's wouldn't crazy have won that game to had
0: Rodney not been hurt. No, me too. And and it is funny. I the way we might. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's still. I, I mean, that is a game that has. There's never been even the NDSU lost a couple years ago. You know, I was, pissed and a couple, but a couple days I was over it. That Montana one stuck yeah. with me for a week, like. And I think I realized like they had won the championship. JMU had won an o four over Montana. Um, if they had won that game, I think we all really, really believed they would win the championship in 08. And if they had, like, it just feels like that, you knew at the time that the trajectory of everything felt yeah. like it was going to change. And uh, probably we're overstating it, but man, would I love to, to see um, the Grizz back at Bridgeforth. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But Rob, with that, I will yeah, talk just, to you next we got week. a lot
1: of friends, uh, like Todd mentioned. We had kind of a rough friends of curtain, so Think about you guys and rest in peace out.
0: Yeah. Love you.